This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, cheese, So many dudes. Every single dude All the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't, Couldn't Help, Help But, but wonder. wonder, a podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to, to us. us. Hello. Oh my. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Just our, our best Mrs. Doubtfire impressions <laughs> right up top. Kicking us into it. How are you doing? Who were you this week, Rosalita? Well, it's interesting. It was quite the week. Um, Mm. Quite the week how? Quite the week how? Take us through it. Well, I'm going to say, because something just happened, I'm going to say that I'm a reverse carry. Okay. Because I feel like I have a nice, non-dramatic relationship with my ex. Instead mm. of her very dramatic. Yes. I, yes. Um, you know, like all of us, I'm spending a lot of time at home. And so I've been trying to make my space as cute as possible. I have a lot of healthy plants. I've been cleaning a lot. I've been putting up artwork and I put up some paintings and I put them up like hilariously crooked because um, I don't have any tools and I don't have. Uh, uh, it's not the way my brain works to like look at a space and know where to put things. Yeah, I'm terrible at it as well. Yeah. And so my most recent ex uh, is an artist. And uh, for a while, he's now a full time teacher, but he was hanging art for a living as an art installer. And I asked if he would come and hang my art. And he did that this morning. It's nice. And it looks beautiful now. And it's great. Yeah. And um. It was just like a really nice, I haven't seen him in a really long time. Like, I don't even remember when, possibly a year. And it was just like a really nice experience because it's been so long since we've been together and all of the drama and pain and frustration towards the end of that relationship is gone now. It's just... Mm. And, um, you know, he's a wonderful person and has a lot of great qualities. And it was just like very nice to see him and he's doing very well. And it just felt very positive. And it's I don't think either of us feel like, oh, we should be together again. But like, I think we have an attraction. There's just a spark that's there. But sure. It just felt healthy and like Hmm. nice to be like, oh, 
this we can still appreciate each other, even though it wasn't the right relationship. Oh, that's great. Oh, that sounds so adult. Yeah, it was. I was hanging art, mature outlook yeah, on the ex. All so of that's it. why it's a reverse carry because a carry would have yeah, like it's not, fucked no. him or oh, something. Absolutely, absolutely. They would have like yeah, they would have like fucked on the canvas. Yeah, it was funny too because it's like my feelings are completely gone, and I've had feelings for other people since, and there's just no part of me that thinks it's a good. It's a good fit, but like we really, we really do have chemistry. I was like, oh yeah, he's really cute. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just interesting. It's like sometimes that stuff doesn't like just go away. I mean, well, also I feel like timing, it, timing is such a big part of it too. It's like, who knows? You know, who knows? No, I don't think for us. You don't think so? No. Okay. I, okay. I, okay. Okay. For this particular match, no. Like, for example, I think he's really attractive. If we got back into a relationship in a week, I would be, like, tearing my hair off. Stressed. You know? Okay. Okay. Got it. But but he's a great-looking guy. I, that, yeah. I'm such a romantic. I'm like, you never know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's actually, like, so unhealthy. Because some people, <laughs> you should know that they're not right. You should definitely know. I'm a romantic, too. But I think I've, I'm just, like, a hard-boiled romantic. I, I'm a romantic with some with some baggage. Also, you don't want to mess up that art hanging connection. No, like that's, no, 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 no. You got a lot. That's going to be useful. That. You have to keep that pure, baby. Keep it pure. Well, I posted his name on Instagram just in case there were people in LA that that needed their art hung because he does it, and you know he would charge a fair price. But um, when I first told my sister that he was hanging it, she's like, "Are you sure that's a good idea? Like, you should ask somebody else." I truly don't know anybody else. But yeah. it was a fine idea because there's nothing there anymore. It's done. Mm-hmm. So right. it was fine. That's good. I mean, at least you. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been awkward if he was in your, you know, intimate space, hanging art and you were feeling like horny for him. Yeah, no, I'm definitely wildly horny, but not for him. Yeah, for a new person. That's the, a better fit, I would say. Okay. Okay. That's good. So Jamie, who are you this week and how was your week and tell me everything? Oh, thanks. Um, week, what week has been, week's been really busy. Um, I'm working on a Saturday. I'm doing like a punch up job. Oh, cool. Um, which is cool. I'm very grateful for the work. Don't get me wrong, but the idea of working on a Saturday, even though I don't have typical corporate hours, And that doesn't really mean anything to me in a real way. I still just the idea of like a weekend sitting in front of my computer makes me stress. Anyways, that's I get it or there. So, yeah, I guess I'm a little bit of a Miranda in that I'm feeling a little overworked. Um, Yeah, feeling a little overworked, but also not feeling that productive either. Like I do a lot of time wasting lately and I just have a hard time focusing and I, get I think that. sometimes I don't. Do you ever have this where the more you have to do, the more you just like want to procrastinate? I used to not be that way, but now I think I'm that way. I That's a know. good question, James. I feel like for me, I'm like a structure hoe, so I really need a lot of structure to 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 do anything productive. Structure meaning meaning what? Like you create schedules for yourself? Yeah. And I really like, like part of the reason that I really love the WB fellowship is like, I'm working on a pilot right now that I feel so passionate about and I'm so excited to write. 
Yeah, but I think I really thrive when it's like I have something due this week and then I have the outline due next week and then I have the first draft due. So I well, I those feel- are hard deadlines. That's great. That's what I really like. So yeah, hard deadline. I need someone who will just give me hard deadlines, but no one ever does. They're like, as soon as you can get it. I have a name for you. A hard deadline person. Yeah. OK. Yeah, she's a, she's a career coach for television writers and she works with people who are like showrunner level to staff writer and level. And she like, yeah, she keeps you on task. And you meet with her once a week and she's like, what did you do? How is this? And she'll read stuff and she's wow. just like, yeah. Okay, so. I might, yeah, I might need that because I'm yeah. starting to be like, I don't know how to prioritize stuff. And an open schedule yeah. is intimidating and it's intense. Well, it's, intimid- it's intimidating too because then I was like, oh, tomorrow I'll work on that thing I've been meaning to work on. And then I'm like, no, I actually can't because I ended up getting an interview. So then that got put, I don't, it's fine. It's like all good. Th- I'm not complaining about you don't sound like you're busy in that way. But like I now have job interview tomorrow and I'm like, well, I have to prep for that. That's going to take all day. And then I'm working on Saturday. So I can't work on my script on Saturday because I have a job on Saturday because you have to make money because you're living in a really expensive city. <laughs> like it just feels I don't know. It's time management and, and time. Fine. I have no I have no time management skills. Is what Nobody does. Do that. I feel like some people do. I think it's even more weird in COVID because it's like, I know for myself, even if you're like, have a family, even if you have kids, even if you live with people, COVID is just kind of a lonely, weird, vacuous time. That's true. Vacuous and sort of amorphous. And yeah, I know what you mean. It does. Vacuous is such a great word to describe pandemic living there is a little bit of that yeah and so even if you have a lot of stuff to do the fact that it's going to be done in the same fucking groundhog day space that you wake up to every day right that's what it is it's kind of defeating and so you just sort of want to like lay on your bed and like scroll instagram and just like let the hours while away yeah like yeah i just feel i feel so yeah i'm just having a hard time focusing and yeah. Are there any does your does the coach work on like focus tips? Any listeners who have good tips for focus? I thought I was doing OK with those binaural playlists on YouTube. I thought those helped. But I don't no, know. I like her because between jobs and fellowships and stuff, unless I'm taking a class, which I also love to do, if I just don't yeah. have any for me as a writer, I have learned that I need outside accountability. I mm. I need somebody to I need a deadline. And yeah, and I that's that. so I'll either enroll in a class or do her or be in a writer's group or something where I'm accountable. Because if it's just like, yeah, Rose, just write something. Know, that feels crazy to me. Yeah, I have. Ugh, yeah, it's fine. I'll be fine. Yeah. I also think I do that. I think sometimes I do. I have like codependent dependency within work stuff sometimes where I'm like like I'll say yes to things because I'm like but it pays like you should make money it pays and then it's like but now at the cost of me like feeling really stressed like I have a thing I have to do tonight for a couple hours and I'm like oh and it like I'm on the east coast so the thing doesn't even start until 7 p.m so I'm like from 7 to 9 I'm like in a writer's room I'm just like you know what James I'm feeling a little like you're overbooked I feel a little overbooked yeah. Just remember this next time. Just don't blame yourself now because you're already too stressed. Just yeah. remember this feeling. And the next time something drops in your lap that you don't need to take, just remember this. I know. But then I think I think that you'll never work again if you say no to anything. Well, no, I think whatever. I'll just talk about it on the podcast. I'm separated. I'm sure people have thought about that because <laughs> they're like, why is Jamie alone in New York? But I am and I'm alone and I'm like, oh, I have to. 
I have to like really make my way. And I know that's not like a Crimea River. Many, many you mean financially, you're just thinking about money. Yeah, I think. And I really am like, I really am like, I'm fine. And I feel grateful that I'm fine right now. But there is this weird shift of moving here and not that LA is even cheap. LA is really fucking expensive. It's, it's super like, expensive. It's so expensive. New York is also so expensive. And like, it's just a city where if you want to do anything, it like you have to do it on your own. Meaning it's like a hundred dollars. <laughs> you have to, or you have to walk, you have to walk your body. Like physically <laughs> you are moving, which is great. It's one of my favorite things about it, but you are moving to do errands. So you're actually expending energy to go do like menial tasks and like, I don't know. And then that plus the like finance part of it, I think I'm just, and then also just trying to maintain work stuff. Whereas in LA, I would like literally lock myself in my office all also, day. In a pandemic. In a pandemic. <laughs> in a pandemic. Like, yeah. No, no, let us not forget. Yeah, because it's like, even if things are going well, like, I feel really connected to writing. I'm my, I'm, I'm, my pain is so much better. I'm like, as you can see, I'm sitting like things are so much better, but I sometimes wake up and I'm just like, not again, not again in this fucking house. Like, no, I know. I know. I had that yesterday where I, I felt really claustrophobic. Even on a walk, I felt claustrophobic because it's just like you walk past these businesses that have shut down because of the pandemic. There's so many empty buildings and just empty storefronts and. Yeah, it's a hard time. You know, Jamie, yeah, I also think time. that like you're a very thoughtful, hardworking, considerate person. And I think you manage work very well. I think you cannot discount that you're also going through something extremely destabilizing yes, emotionally. It is. it is destabilizing. Even if you had one stupid job and you're selling muffins in a muffin shop, you'd be really stressed right <laughs> that now. so nice. God, I love muffins. It's like top five favorite types of bread. Yeah, also like no shade to like muffin salespeople. I'm not saying it's not stressful. It just sounds like a really pleasant a job. Logistics. What's your favorite muffin? Go, everybody. What's your favorite muffin? Blueberry, duh. Really? Oh, okay. banana nut. Banana nut, mm -hmm. very much so. What about mm -hmm. you, James? Um, Corn. Oh. Corn muffin? What are you like a little Southern bumpkin? You are from Texas. Oh my God. Are your parents okay? It's so cold there. They are. They yeah, are, how are they're they? okay. They're doing well. Um, my aunt, this is so they're terrible. thriving. This was great no, for they're, them. They're actually. Yeah. They love it. Actually. <laughs> yeah. really they, uh, they've been, yeah. they've been past energy for years. So, um, but yeah, they, um, my aunt, my aunt is just like so vigilant, like always on top of her shit. Like probably my most neurotic family member, like calling everybody to tell them how to like, snowproof their house anyway she put all this salt on her front steps and sent it to my mom like wanted everybody to get on board and then she still ended up slipping and falling and Fuck. broke her wrist no she's oh, pretty God. sure she broke her wrist and she's freaked out because it's like her right hand and she's right-handed and she sucks. also can't drive to the hospital because the roads are shitty because in texas taxes are low and so like there's no one shoveling really yeah this whole libertarian nightmare is starting to it's uh yeah i mean it's really a problem like they're there and they're like why like why can't we go anywhere like the roads should be clear so anyways she can't really leave and then she's nervous about going to the hospital during covid and yeah just uh she's like a very healthy person she'll be fine but it is it is still like yeah it's your fucking wrist it's like your anything hand Hand, yeah. wrist, arm. Like, I broke my foot and it sucked, but like, I could deal it when it's up 
ear, like upper torso breakage. Like, no, 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 no. Also, I don't want to derail because obviously we no, need to like please. at some point start the show. But I do need to say yeah. that thinking about this whole Texas thing. Yeah, it, it does. I, I, I think I, I think I want kids, but I do think like the kids that we have are going to be left on this like blazing hot ice storm planet where they have to like live in a bunker. Like it seems a little insane right now, like the future that we're like leaving anyone. <laughs> I was listening to this interview with, um, what's his name? John Mackey, the guy who is the CEO of Whole Foods, Joe Mackey, John Mackey. Anyway, he, um, he's like a a vegan, like you started Whole Foods. He's like a vegan crunchy dude, but he thinks that like climate change is natural. Oh, fuck off. Isn't that strange? You know what, Jamie? There are a level of educated hippies who are really anti-science. That's that's probably what's going on. Yeah, it's like a Doctor really Oz thing. It's like bizarre. I just thought like this guy seems not like the person who would think that. But yeah, no, that's the know. kind of person that like won't go to the doctor if he has cancer. He's just gonna get like a crystal shoved up his ass. He also was shitting on Obamacare and stuff like that. And I was like, garbage. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Also, in that into the, in that same way, sometimes people are so rich that they like need a gimmick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. He's like, I'm gonna be the guy who like loves climate change yeah <laughs> like <laughs> Wait, a lot in the bank i got a lot in the bank and i'm really looking for a hook here yeah that's you know what else i hate to say it but i like literally there's a white man present who we both love and cherish but like love i i do also think that sometimes white guys are like huh, i'm subversive i think out of the box i'm joe rogan i'm just gonna say it like it is climate yeah. change huh, is it real and you're just like yeah, yeah dumb dumb it is yeah. like I know, I know, Joe. I, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, that that sort of that sort of like effect of those like tell it like it is podcasts. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. Louis C.K. or the Proud Boys. It's like I know this isn't popular, and you're like, no, you're just being shitty and evil. Just don't. A hundred percent. I was going to say uh, uh, one small thing off of your point a little bit ago, Rose. I was listening to another interview last night about uh, two comedians talking, and one of the comedians is mom, like kind of half-heartedly like apologize for having him just because of all the just because of all the crises like he's he's my age he's like 30 he's like about 30 he's like this was not my experience his mom was like this was not my experience when i was young i can't believe what you're having you've had to go through as a young person basically but i mean the fact that it's like people in texas are like shivering in their cars and like dying of carbon monoxide fumes because they're they're so cold and i'm like you know, this COVID thing has been the, the thing that's been super terrible, but there have been crazy fires and snowstorms. And it's like it's like we're living in a very Marvel superhero, crazy apocalyptic time that like COVID will yeah. be over. But this weird weather shit is. No, it's yeah. It just seems like a weird world. It's, to have more, dr- it's yeah. more drastic in Texas than it is in New York right now. It's like fucking insane. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Let's jump into the goddamn show. Let's do that. Remember Sex in the City? Remember it? Great show. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, okay. Well, today we are talking about season six, episode 15, Catch 38. Rose, let's hear it, baby. Oh, girl. Thank you for that really juicy <laughs> intro. <laughs> So the episode kicks off with Alexander and Carrie crossing a relationship milestone. He gives Carrie his apartment alarm code and a set of keys. 
Carrie tells Samantha later at the doctor where Samantha's getting the results from her lumpectomy, which honestly sounds like a made up word, but I guess is real. Samantha's doctor says everything's looking pretty good. Her cancer is stage one, but still he recommends a round of chemo to be safe. It turns out that women who don't have children have a slightly, slightly microscopically higher chance of getting breast cancer, which Samantha feels very angry about. I shouldn't be punished for not having kids. I should be rewarded. Since when did kids become the get out of cancer free card? He's basically saying that I'm a whore who deserves chemo. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's what he was saying. What I don't understand is if they got it all, <laughs> why do you need chemo? Because he's an asshole. Evidently, there can be something microscopic. Like his dick. Excuse me, do you have cancer or Tourette's? I'm getting a new doctor. A woman. I think you should. I have heard great things about a Dr. McAndrew. I'm on it. Top-rated oncologist by New York Magazine, four years running. I'm trying to get in. Oh, I'm sorry. I gotta get back to the office. I'm taking a long weekend, so I can't take a long lunch. Long weekend? You never take long weekends. Steve wanted to go on a little trip, so we're driving up to some mountain lodge tomorrow. It's supposed to be nice. I... slow down there, missus. Is this little trip your honeymoon? <laughs> no. It's just a... whatever. And yet... You just got married last week. That's interesting. It's your honeymoon. Oh, here we go. Who's taking care of Brady? We're bringing him. Well, it's not a real honeymoon if Brady's there. Then I guess it's a whatever. Well, what have you got against honeymoons? It's basically sex with room service, right? You have to have a real honeymoon. It's very important. To whom? Yeah, I'm with Star of David on this one. Just leave Brady with Magda. It's four days. I've already given her the time off. She's made plans. She's... Going to Nanny Palooza or something. I'll take him. I'd love to take him. He's adorable. It's four days. Adorable stops after a day and a half. Well, I could take care of him part of the time. What? I'm his godmother. It's the least I can do. I can handle him for a couple of days. I saw that. You guys would really do that? Absolutely. I wouldn't. Because Smith is coming back into town. And I've always chosen sex over babies. And that's apparently why I got cancer. Such a great scene. Yeah, it's amazing. I rewatched this episode last night and then went on a couple episodes. And I was thinking to myself, it's almost like for a comedy show, for a grounded emotional comedy like Sex and the City, it's kind of inevitable that the last season will be the best because all this stuff that they built from season one finally gets to pay off. Yes. And it just feels so good. Um, yeah, just just the dialogue is so smart. And 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 I really feel for Samantha in this scene because it's like as of now, I don't have kids and I feel sort of like open to whatever the universe wants me to do with that. But I do think that there is so much shame already on women who decide to live an alternative lifestyle, whether it's to make your career more important than family or not get married or whatever. Well, also, the fact that it's called an alternative lifestyle when it's just you chose the absence of something. Right, exactly. You actually and chose what you already had. You just kept the continuum going. Yeah, it's just it's what you're weird. saying is the language is inherently sexist. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry, I'm not making fun of you calling it that. I'm saying that that is... No, no, I know. Yeah, yeah that is what people call it. And that's strange. But I really, like, love her anger in this because it's, Me like, too. the idea that, like, biology is even fucking plotting against you is, like, God. Like, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I it's don't like know... It's like biology if... is sexist. Yes, exactly. It actually quite is. I mean, 
I think I brought this up before, so I'm sorry, but I, did I talk about that book Motherhood by Sheila Hetty? No, I want to read that book. It's a really good book. It's it's about this really successful, talented writer struggling with whether or not to have kids. It's just like a memoir, basically. And the whole book is her going oh. back and forth and eventually deciding. Well, I won't say what, um, but I kind of want to know. Can you tell? Should, can I, should I just say it? Yeah, yeah, okay, spoiler yeah. listeners, don't listen if you want to read the book Motherhood by Sheila Hetty. In the end, she's like, this isn't something I want. And, mm. and and I'm just I think she talks a lot about in the book that her she was never a big kids person. She's loves her art. She loves writing. That's the right. thing that really takes up her brain space. She doesn't like love babysitting or doing kids stuff. And the thing that she really struggled with was like, if I don't do this, am I missing this gigantic? That's, that's how I feel. Opportunity. But she realized she's like motherhood is sort of takes over your life. And, and I don't want that. I like what I do now. And it's not, and I'm not choosing a lack of something. I'm choosing to fill myself up with a thing that really feeds me, which is being a writer and having my awesome husband that I love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like a really interesting read, but, but I, I, I think in her book and, and in Samantha, it's just like this idea that like, we have just been socialized to feel like we're not a real woman or that we're yes, less than we're not, or we're incomplete or we're doing something wrong. If we don't mm-hmm. just have children, which if you want to have children and have them, it's a beautiful thing, but it's super hard on the body. It takes up a lot of your time. It, it hijacks your brain. I mean, it's, it's something you should do if you want to do, but not if you just, it's, it's, it's like a full body experience. It's like, this is your new life, you know? It is. Yeah. You're, you're like birthing a new life. Yes. And then like every day thinking about it and living it. I don't know. Sorry. That was just like an intense emotion. No, I think it's, no, that's exactly what, what we should be talking about. Cause that was the scene. It's also everybody with the exception of Miranda to a degree is going through basically that struggle in different ways in this episode. Like Carrie's having that, her realization with Alexander that, that if she sticks with him, that's off the table. Samantha's very pro basically not having kids and living the life that she wants to lead. Like it's all like very justified by this episode to really like dig into exactly that. I think that's why I love this episode so much because it's like, I'm literally 37 going to be 38 this year. These are things I'm thinking about. So I just really relate to all of their discussion and thinking about this. This is stuff that's on my, I had a panic dream the other night that I didn't, that I got pregnant and didn't want a kid. And my mom and sister were like, what? No, you have to keep it. And it was just like a weird stress stream. If you get pregnant, do you think that the pregnant like if you if you get pregnant, and you're on the fence and you're you're definitely not going to you're not going to have an abortion. You just like you're just like I'll figure probably it out love or whatever and stuff. Do you think you will? Yeah, or do you think, I think you'll so. resent them. If you really didn't want to have it, you'd have an abortion. So if you kept it, it's because there's a part of you that wants it. Yeah, but that, yeah, interesting. I I just think that, that, like, to me, the biggest reason to have kids, which sounds incredibly selfish, is to have someone take care of you when you're old. Because it's like, if you don't, like, like, my grandma's old. She's got four kids. They're constantly up there. They're taking her. They're doing things. It's like, what would she do if she didn't have kids? Like, I mean, that's a really crazy thing to say. But, like, when my mom's sick, my sister and I will just jump right in. Like, yeah, I don't know. what. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, that's really intense. (laughs) No, it's a really legitimate worry yeah, though. it is it is especially i mean this also goes back to what was being talked about at the top of the episode with like what goes on te- on in texas right now like there are yeah. all sorts of ways in which we're on our own a lot of the time and kids is a real insurance policy against that 
Yeah, it's like family. I think I think because the world feels so crazy right now, I really understand the impulse and attraction of having like a little brood, like having mm-hmm. a little family to like kind of get through these yes. just truly wild times, like having your own little tribe, you know? Yeah. And I think having kids would be awesome. And I think if I had them, I would love them. I think I'm more of like five years old up type of person. I like really interacting when kids are a little more like able to talk and hang. And, you know, I'm not such a baby person. Have you all ever had any experience with what Samantha faces here, though? Like with the doctor thing where like you feel like a male doctor hasn't been taking your concerns seriously? Yes. Oh, my God. With my back, I mean, the physical therapist I saw who was a male, he bent me forward when I had a herniated disc. And literally, it's like the worst thing you ever do. Like, you're not even allowed to bend for three months after your surgery. And in the middle of acute back pain, he pushed me forward. And literally, I felt like I was being electrocuted. And my pain after that got like 50 times worse. And the entire time he wasn't listening, I was like, please be gentle with me. I'm in acute pain and he just Mm. did what he wanted and my body was like destroyed. So yeah, that after that experience, I actually won't see a a male doctor like again. Yeah. That's wild. Cause he just was like not listening and he was just going forward and doing what he wanted. And it's like kind of unacceptable. The worst. Um, Okay. Well, jumping back in after lunch, Carrie picks up Brady. So Miranda and Steve can have their honeymoon in the woods. Carrie discusses her plans with Charlotte on the phone. She and Brady are going to head to Alexander's. Charlotte is not sure that's a good idea, but Carrie has decided. Samantha heads to the hot woman oncologist who will take her cancer concerns seriously, but she doesn't have an appointment. She tries to convince the receptionist to let her in, but her usual smooth talking Sam PR queen just does not work. Samantha decides to stick it out in the waiting room where she meets a nun who has had the same idea and has been waiting even longer. Unfortunately, the nun isn't a big comfort. She never had kids and still got breast cancer. So maybe the lifestyle connection is real. Carrie and Brady, meanwhile, make it to Alexander's. It does not start off great. Brady breaks a vase and Carrie sets off the alarm. When Alexander hears, he rushes in and fixes everything. And Carrie is impressed. Out at their cabin. Oh, I love the cabin storyline so much. It's I just relate to it so hard. Hysterical. Out at their cabin, Miranda and Steve get into their honeymoon. After they have sex, Miranda's restless. She wants to go on a walk. She wants to watch TV. She wants to do something. But Steve just wants to be naked and hang out. So things are a little tense. Also, if anyone noticed, Steve has muscular, powerful thighs. Yeah, his bod is. He has a good bod. He's jacked. He's mm-hmm. jacked. So back with Carrie, Alexander really takes to Brady. The three of them hang out in his kitchen, drawing and playing when Carrie asks him about kids. Turns out Alexander already had a kid and does not want more. Carrie discusses with Charlotte a little later on. Maybe he'll change his mind. No, no, I don't think so. He had a vasectomy. But those are reversible. Are you willing to have it reversed? I can't ask him that. I don't even know his birthday yet. Well, too bad. At our age, you have to be able to talk about having children if you think it might get serious. Uh, That attitude, by the way, that awareness on the part of a woman that time is a ticket, it's very sexy to a man. But you can't be scared to have those talks. Why not? It is a, it's, a, it's a perfectly scary conversation. I don't even want to have it with myself. What does that mean? It means that if I really wanted to have a baby, wouldn't I have tried to have one by now? 
I wanted to be a writer. I made myself a writer. I want a ridiculously extravagant pair of shoes. I find a way to buy them. But this is totally different. You have been waiting for the right man and the right time. Yes, that's exactly the way it goes in my head, too. Now, maybe I'm just not a baby person. Why should you give up having a baby for a man you hardly know? Why should I give up a man for a baby I hardly know I want? That's so good. I think you're line. a baby person. You're a closeted baby person. What? You didn't even want to leave Brady with me for two days. But well, look at how well you did. Hi. <laughs> I think you should definitely have a baby. Okay. <laughs> The acting and writing in that scene is perfect when she goes, okay. It's just like, that's how people actually talk. That writing was so good. Okay. Yeah. It did not feel shticky at all. It's just and not a script. That's just how people talk. Yes. And that, that whole discussion is like, yeah, I, I, especially, yeah. I think when I used to watch this episode, when I would rewatch the show over and over in my twenties, it never really struck me. Uh, but now that obviously we're analyzing it but also i'm in my 30s it is definitely a whole new outlook like hearing that dialogue yeah it like kind of shakes me to my core because it's so relevant to how i'm feeling right now totally also i don't know if you guys had a moment of this but there was a split second when she's like you did such a good job with brady and they like cut to the thing and i'm like are they gonna make like brady have been kidnapped and all of a sudden this becomes like a csi like there was a moment where i, I would yeah. have loved that turn yeah <laughs> brady where's like, brady you're you so just... good with brady brady oh god where's brady yeah you did such a good job up until this point when the episode yeah. completely switches yeah yeah um I, I think it's a great conversation and yeah, I, I, we just keep talking about it and we're saying the same thing again and again, but it's like sort of this like ambivalence that I'm starting to feel. I used to always be like a fuck yes, I want to have kids. I grew up with three half sisters who I loved and I felt a lot of maternal feelings towards them. And I, I feel like I have a very mentory type of personality. I'm teaching a class right now. I love helping people and helping people grow. But then as I get older, I think something that really made me wonder if I wanted to have kids is seeing my sister with my nephew because she's an extremely dedicated mom. Like she basically is trying to like right the wrongs of our childhood and be like such a present available, you know, giving him tons of quality time. But like that's basically her life. And when I lived with them for a month, I was like, oh, it's just like it's really like being a mommy, like yeah. making food and playing and talking in a baby voice and like reading a book and doing that for like hours and hours and hours. Like, right. That just was like a much different reality than like, yeah, I'll have some kids, you know? Yeah. I wonder about that because I, I was agreeing with you earlier, but I realize I, I'm not like you were. I, I did not really fantasize about having kids. I never really fantasized about marriage either. I just kind of wouldn't look towards the future because I thought it was just like too much pressure to put on myself to figure out. But now that I'm like in the future, <laughs> I'm in my future. Um, it came. Yeah. I, I still don't know where I stand. So that's been fun. Um, but yeah, I I think the mommy part of it is the part that really worries me because I really like my alone time. I also I grew up in a house and we've talked about this, Rose, but I grew up in a house where like people were fighting all the time. So I like things to be very calm because all of that, any kind of like chaos just like really stresses me out. I understand. And I like kind of need things to just be peaceful. And I worry that if I have a child, it's just going to be like romper room and running around and screaming and like 
I'm going to be sitting there like, like, you know, like hugging myself, rocking <laughs> in the corner. And then like whoever my person is, is going to be like, what's wrong with you? You're the mom. Like, go be a mom. And I'm going to be like, I don't know that I'm cut out for this, but too late. You already had it. You can't like shove it back inside you. And like, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so that's where I'm at. Well, I think it's like multifaceted. I also sort of think there's a part of me that's like, I'm a totally lovey smush and like, you know, the way I am with dogs. And it's like, I also think there's a part of you that depending on the person, like, like you're very loving with your dogs and you really love them. I love them. And they're so hard. They are the hardest fucking dogs. And it's something that you maybe wouldn't have thought that you would have loved, but now you're really, and I think, I feel like, and I talk a lot of shit about like, I don't know about kids, blah, blah, blah. I also think I'm really traumatized about the last year I've had physically. So I think I, I'm really mm-hmm. scared of that. But mm-hmm. I also think that like, there is I've definitely had moments like I remember I was a babysitter for a few years in Brooklyn when I was in my 20s and I babysat for this one baby who was like not a year old yet. And there was something so magical about this baby. Like I only babysat for him once and I like loved him. I was like, oh, my God, this is like my baby from a past life or something like I just like had. And there is something very intense. It's kind of the same feeling of like laying on the chest of the person that you love, like your partner, where it's just like endorphins and just like, you just feel so safe. Like, I think there's that with dogs. And I think there's that with babies too, of just like, I did not have that when I was a babysitter. I mean, that kid, I was like, I couldn't have been less attached. (laughs) He was like, yeah, he'd be like, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, so go to the bathroom. You know where it is. Yeah, this is your house. Like you're, you just go. <laughs> this you is your go. house. You're like, I just farted. Like we don't need to share these things. <laughs> yeah, stop bragging. Yeah, I was, I was recommended to have this job by someone. So me and this other friend of mine, we like kind of tag teamed babysitting for this kid, and he loved her, and she was so fun with them, and like picked him up, and like did airplane, and you know, threw him around and got on the floor and like really like played with him. And I would just stand there and be like, I just want to be on my phone. Like, I don't know. I just, I get that. But then everyone's like, but then they talk about this in sex and city. Cause Miranda's like, I only like, I don't like any kids that aren't my own. And I'm like, maybe I'll be that person. Maybe yeah. that'll be me. My mom says that all the time. She's like, I hated babysitting. I was not into kids. But yeah, to be fair, my mom literally spent as little time as possible with us. So even though she loves us very much. I mean, I think that's going to, that might be, yeah, I feel like. I'm I gonna... would not want to, I don't think there's a point of having kids if you're not going to spend time with them. I mean, I'll spend time with them. I just. <laughs> like photo ops. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll schedule something. We'll like a like, I'll catch them out at Gymboree. <laughs> Basically, me becoming a mother is Skylar becoming a father. <laughs> Wait, that is the quote of the episode. That is the quote of the episode. Your mom's going to be available on Friday, okay? Your mom, Skylar, or your mom, Jamie? Um, which mom? On Mother's Day, Skylar gets like a giant bouquet with like a beautiful, and you get like a weird, like plastic plant. Like. <laughs> my god I, yeah i'm just like skylar we're having a girl you're like you're having a girl jamie you are having a girl that is so funny she's like you know i thought about it and i was like with skylar's help he's like wait 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 wait, what 
Um, Skylar and I are having a baby. Now, yeah. I want to be clear, he's still with Kristen, and it's not biological. Yeah. Skylar opens the mail, and it's like a key and like two tickets to New York and like like a little pink thing we're having a girl. Oh, my God. I also have to say, though, there are many different kinds of ways to have families. Like, I do think part of the reason it stresses me out to have kids after spending time with my sister is that of all the women I know who have kids, she is the most dedicated. Like she won't answer her phone. If Sai is awake, if Sai is awake, she's oh, looking wow. at him and talking to him. Like nobody else gets attention. And I can't do that. But I think that there's still a world in which you could be a really loving mother and not be that attentive. Like if I, yeah, my, my parents worked and I really only saw them at night and like, I don't have any, I mean, maybe I have issues from it and I don't realize it, but I don't, I feel I'm like, I don't that's not the part of my childhood that I'm like, oh, my God, they worked all the time. I'm like, oh, they worked all the time. I definitely felt like extremely deprioritized and that there were so many times where I needed my mom and she was just like not available. But I think it was both because she's a workaholic and also because emotionally it's really hard for her to be present. Like, I really love my mom. We're close, but she's not a present person. Like Mm -hmm. even now when we talk, I don't like share really what's happening because she's so all over the place that it just doesn't feel like that satisfying yeah so i would want to be present when i'm with my kids but i don't think i could be a 24 7 mom i think for me to be happy i would need childcare and a really 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 involved dad like yeah i need like i kind of want to be miranda and steve and have like a house dad who's just like really available to them and then i'm like the fun one that brings presents i want to be the dad honestly yeah maybe i'll get like an au pair yeah, just as long as she's really ugly. Oh yeah, she's just a troll. Yeah, no, she's she's falling apart. She's actually she's actually quite unwell, and uh, it's actually bad. It's actually bad for the kids because I mean, if something happens to them, I don't think she can chase after it's them. It's just she's a donkey. Really, it's it it's a burrow. I'm in the market for a heavily used au pair <laughs> for just a really like worn, like leather worn. Or what about an Alexa? I feel like that's the babysitter of the future. Yeah, yeah. Or like a Roomba. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, great talk. Wait, guys, I just have to say one thing. I think the solution is we have to have a kid together. It takes a village. You, me, and Skylar, we just have a group kid. Yeah, a group kid. Yeah. Yeah, it's a kid for the pod. Like, it's a pod yeah. kid. Yeah, a pod kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I just, it's a pod kids. I just wanted to float it there. Yeah, okay, yeah. I love it. Okay, cool. I think, yeah, we'll talk about it off mic. I think it's okay. a good idea. And Steve and Miranda keep their romantic getaway going with a bubble bath. When Miranda says she's pruning, Steve gets an idea. He wants to wash her hair. Oh, my God. It's the funniest scene of all time. Oh, my God. I love this scene. It's so gross. It's like when a guy's like, oh, let me scratch your arm. And it's like hurts and is like annoying. (laughs) (laughs) But he immediately gets soap in her eye and his big romantic out of Africa gesture falls really flat. The next day, Miranda calls Carrie to debrief. She's exhausted with Steve and the romance and the sex and the whole honeymoon has got to stop. Later, Samantha and Smith catch up at a party. Smith wants Samantha to stick around, but she is not feeling it. Smith asks her why, and she finally tells him about her cancer. Just as she does, they both get snapped by the paparazzi. 
at Alexander's, Carrie asks him about his kid. Also, I love that Carrie is so self-centered that when he's like, yeah, I have a kid, like 0% of her brain is like, oh, who is it? How are they? It's like <laughs> right. literally How nothing. Old? Yeah, nothing. Where are they? Yeah. Um, her name is Chloe. She's 22 and she lives in Paris with her mother, Alexander's ex. The details are painful for Carrie to hear, given that Alexander doesn't want more kids. Carrie discusses it with Samantha later, and Samantha's pro not having a baby, but Carrie just isn't sure. Can Alexander's love alone make up for not having a kid? Over at Charlotte's, she and Harry have sex. Unfortunately, they also have an audience, Brady. He wakes up as they are going at it, so Charlotte immediately jumps up to call Miranda. Miranda tells her not to worry about it, but she also sees an opportunity in Charlotte's freakout. Should she come home? Should she leave the honeymoon? Charlotte says, no, 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 no. It's fine. Enjoy your honeymoon. And then Steve wakes up. Are you on the phone? Charlotte panicked, but everything's fine. Come back to bed. I don't need to come to bed. I'm rested. So am I. Come on. Steve, I can't have sex anymore. I have a brain. I know you have a brain. I love you, but I can't love you this often. I can't love you twice a day, every day. I'm going crazy here. I miss ESPN and NPR and Dateline. I am not the honeymoon type. Do you hate me? No. I don't hate you. But it was my honeymoon, too. I like being quiet sometimes. I like reading a book. Four days is a long time. It isn't, actually. (laughs) But it's all I had off from work. Suddenly, Miranda understood the new should in her life. The things you should do for someone you love. Sorry, Steve, I'm an asshole. Yeah, you are, but you're my asshole. That's sweet and gross at the same time. Well, relax. We're leaving in the morning. The honeymoon's over. Say that again. Honeymoon's over. For Miranda, once the honeymoon was over, it could finally begin. Hey, I got a brain, you know. I wonder if he ad-libbed that line. I think the actor just made that choice. I feel like it just came naturally. Or either that or he's just such a good actor. I love the turn when he's like, it's not actually. It's just all I had off work. I was like, oh, that was like he delivered that so perfectly. The acting on the show is so good. You really forget it's a show. It really feels like you're spying on people living their lives. I mean, this whole scenario is just so relatable. Like I have had those moments on a relaxing vacation (laughs) where I'm like, you just yeah, you just feel like fucked stupid. And, you, and you're just like, uh, yeah, you're just like, I have nowhere to go. I have nothing to do. I'm just I'm just going to like keep eating, I guess, eating and having <laughs> eating sex. And and, yeah. And it's like then when you're then when you leave, you're like, oh, OK, yeah, actually, that was fun. But then in the during, you just like can't be present. <laughs> I just like being a Roman god, just like eating and fucking. And you're like, somebody help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just very much related to that. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I do think ultimately, I, if I were in the woods, I wouldn't feel exactly the way Miranda does. I'd probably appreciate it a little more like Steve, but I also really get where she's coming from. I think to me, it's also that it's perfect. I love the way they did this. But just putting on my little like hat, if this were real life, like there's no one way to vacation. You know, for some people, uh, unplugging and going to the woods is terrible and stressful. Like 
If your vacation, if your dream vacation is to like read the news, watch TV, be in a big city, that's just as legit. So I think it's really just whatever you like. Like for me, I would love that vacation, but I would need there to be a TV. I would need there to be Internet. I right. I, I would enjoy being out in nature during the day, then like watching a good movie. Um, so like, I think for a lot of people, literally not having a TV and internet would be really hard. Like that doesn't feel particular to a Miranda to me. No, I think, um, but I do think since this was before people had smartphones and yeah. like, we're just on our phones a lot more. I think that now yeah, that's true. I'd be more excited to like go off the grid a little bit, um, because it's just so not my daily life. Like it actually would feel like a vacation. Um, as long as you have tons of great books and really like fun puzzles and like, you need lots of books. You need stimulation. Like you do. I know. I feel like they didn't bring anything. I'm like, where are your books? Where are your, like, there are ways to have fun in the woods. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I actually need a new book and I'm, and I'm really excited to get one because even watching TV and movies, which I love to do, like sometimes like lately, like at the end of a workday, I actually just want to lay down on my couch and read like reading is very relaxing. Yes. Yes. I, I, I've definitely had that, especially during the pandemic when I was watching so much television, I was like, my brain actually can't like, it was like the pandemic was a level of what Steve and Miranda are going through. Oh, that's so true. I'm so dumb. I was like, all I do is just like stare at a screen all day and I need something more. I need to like keep my brain alive. And you can try and uh, validate it to yourself by being like, oh, I'm a TV writer. This is research. It's important. And you're like, yes, but (laughs) you just are staring at a TV nonstop for hours and hours. Like it's the same. Um, Okay, so so. The next day, Samantha gives the oncologist's office another try. And yet again, she doesn't get anywhere with the receptionist until the receptionist flips through her tabloid. And right there, she spots the paparazzi shot of Samantha and Smith. She loves Smith. So she decides to find Samantha an appointment after all. But Samantha doesn't just want the doctor to see her. She wants an appointment for her nun friend, too, which is a surprisingly sweet turn for Sam. It was really sweet. Carrie and Alexander catch up for a talk by the river. Carrie asks him how committed to the whole no new kids thing he really is. Unfortunately, he's pretty committed, but he could also see himself being with her long term and he doesn't want to keep her from what she wants. The episode closes with them looking onto the water, considering their future. And that brings us to the question of the episode. After Miranda used the S-word twice, I wondered if should was another disease plaguing women. Did we want babies and perfect honeymoons? Or did we think we should have babies and perfect honeymoons? How do we separate what we could do from what we should do? And here's an alarming thought. It's not just peer pressure. It seems to be coming from within. Why are we shoulding all over ourselves? It's such a great question. God, ugh, that cuts deep. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really tough with biology because there is a part of me that feels like, again, whatever, this is what we're talking about. I'm not going to apologize for it. This is what the show is about. But like with baby stuff, it's like if I was 25 right now, I'd be like, hell yes, I'll have a baby in 10 years. I'll get super far in my career. I'll make great money. I'll buy a house. And then I can think about putting my attention on something. But I'm still really in the work years, I'm majorly needing to, I'm hitting the ground hard. I have years of hitting it hard to go. So it's, you know, it's like the biology piece is really real. And I don't know. It's like Carrie 
it's it's beyond society putting pressure on you. You truly have a limited amount of years, even with yeah. science and IVF and all this shit. You know, it's like it's really confusing. And and I I do think that it's a really interesting time for women to be deciding if they want to have children, because like since the dawn of humanity up until a few decades ago, it was a given that you would give your body, your sure. life, your mind and your time to children. To a man and to his children. And that your role in life would be to care for others. And yeah. there is it's the reason humanity exists. I'm very grateful for it. But it's it's a radical revolutionary act to say, like, my body is for me and my life is for me. And. And it's really hard to know sometimes whether you want the trappings of family or you just think you do. And I think it's kind of I think some people just have the gut where they know they want it or no, they don't. And then I think a vast majority of us are somewhere in the gray. I'm so surprised. And I know this is going to sound like what's wrong with me, but I'm always so surprised the amount of friends I have who knew from a young age they wanted kids. Like, not that they wanted them, but they were, like, excited for those years Mm -hmm. in a way where they had, like, a foresight into, like, how great it'll be. And I really was not thinking of having kids until quite recently. Really? I mean, maybe, maybe past... I mean, the thought popped in my head, you know, sparingly through my 20s, but, like... Really didn't really start to become a reality until biologically I was like, well, if it's going to be a reality, it has to be a reality soon. So like the the deadline I'm talking about deadlines, full circle, the deadline is what has made me really think about it, because before I was like, I'm definitely fulfilled without them. I'm definitely not like something's missing. I've never had that. I, I don't think I'll ever have that. I don't think I'll think something's missing. I also just feel like it's annoying because it's like. Unless you're with the person. Okay, for example, for me, it's like kids are amazing and they bring a lot of joy. I can definitely say they bring a lot of joy. I think my sister's never been happier. It brings a lot of joy to my mom. Like it's amazing. been a joy. Yeah, of it's course. been a joy for the family, but her relationship is very different with her husband. I mean, it was so romantic in the beginning and they were traveling and, you know, completely. I mean, they're still super in love, but like now their whole relate. I mean, I shouldn't. I don't mean to. There's nothing I'm saying that's personal. It's just their mom and dad now, you know, and it's like if at my age, if I meet somebody, I need to have a baby with them like in a year or two years. And it's like, I'm so jealous of people that get like 10 years of like traveling and fun and sex and like making each other feel so special. Because when you have a kid, you're not the most special people in each other's lives. The kids are. You're not number one anymore. And it's like, I want to be number one. (laughs) Like, you know, it's like. It's it really yeah. changes the relationship. And so it's like the later you get married or find your relationship, it's like you don't get like tons of years to just like have a blast with them. I mean, I feel That's like I'm true. sounding really negative and I don't mean to. No, be. I mean, I think there are ways to that we could maybe fix that. Like, I think there are. I mean, I'm not I think that we also in America, there's a lot of pressure to parent a certain way. And like. Yes. Also, I think moms put a lot of pressure on themselves to, like, be a certain kind of mom. Yes, you're 100%. And right. I think that, you know, if there was a way to work through the guilt of balance and prioritizing the relationship more. Yes. Having alone time, having date nights, like, really, like, putting mommy and daddy first because yeah. mommy and daddy, like, kind of, like, are the glue. Yes. You know, I think that if we... If we focus more on that, there is a possible world in which like having kids is just like purely additive and 
totally you know enhances the real it even enhances you know mommy and daddy's relationship totally. i don't know i i, I want to believe that that's possible i don't have any examples and my sister too. has told me before that she feels like having a baby with somebody is actually really romantic because it's this thing that you i guys- do t- i do think that i do think that because there's something primal and it's something you do just together it's just your project it's yes. just you guys i totally agree with that i always thought like the making a baby part was like very hot and then they come out and you're like oh no <laughs> A very high consequence fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, what is? Wait, Skylar, how do you feel about having a baby? Do you and Crystal want kids? Oh, uh, probably not. I think we're both like pretty settled on that, and like we we we've, yeah. we've also talked about it. Like in the event that we ever were to, I think we'd be more into like adopting. Then Kristen doesn't want to be pregnant. I also like for That's the reasons we've talked about at the top of the episode. I have like a lot of qualms about like even just like the notion of like. Because I, I talk to my friends about this all the time where it's like, I really truly feel and back to us all being a little bit down on this, like it may be a little too aggressive of a stance to take. But like, I feel like by having a kid, you subject them to life like you don't get to ask if they want it. <laughs> and right. it's just a lot. It's, really it's such a high stakes decision to make for someone who has no choice. Yeah. And, and I've never really been able to square that entirely. I get that. But also I'm 28 and I'm not sure where I'll land. Yeah, I mean, who knows? It could change. I I understand that impulse, though. Of I mean, I very much relate to the not wanting to be pregnant. I really I always feel like I'm not allowed to say that. But I really, really have no really hard on the body. No interest. Really no interest. Again, getting knocked up, being like, I'm knocked up. Like that part feels really exciting. But then the like, I'm growing. Like finally understanding that movie. Stop growing. What, which, oh, knocked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah really, sorry, yeah, it wasn't good, worth it. Yeah. Sorry. I know, I really, it's pretty high concept, and I think I need to be pregnant to understand it. Um, <laughs> okay, guys. Well, final segment I'm horny for. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show, so we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Um, thank you for asking. I am very horny for this queer electro art pop music. Um, this incredible artist who I only found out posthumously uh, named oh. Sophie S O P H I E passed away uh, recently. Mm. Um, and so there was a lot being written about her. And so then I listened to her music and there's an amazing song called it's okay to cry. That is like this sexy, dark, gothy, queer dance song mm. that is just like incredible. And so now I'm listening wow. to a lot of her music. Okay. I'm going to listen to that. Yeah, definitely. What, what are you horny for James? I am horny for that app autumn. Do you guys know about this? It's mm-hmm. um it's the best fucking app. Okay. Cuz I I really love reading like long form journalism and I never have the fucking patience for it and I it drives me crazy when someone sends me a link to something that I know is going to be so interesting and I see that it's like 17 pages long and I'm like I just can't right now. Autumn is an app. It's A-U-D-M that reads you articles Hmm. like their podcasts. Hmm. And it's it's $8.99 monthly, I think. And I forget what it is yearly, but I it's I've like technically read like four articles. That's awesome. Because I was able to quote unquote read them while doing other things. And yeah, I love it. I love it so much. I'm like, oh, this truly changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right. So like every yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. And they have I think it's not every it's not every resource, but it's many of them, like all the hits like New Yorker, 
the Atlantic, BuzzFeed, like some major players. Awesome, Jamie. Thank you for the rec. That's a- yeah, it's super worth it. It sounds like a good gift to give someone. Yeah, right. It's also a really good alternative to podcasts because a lot of them are like maybe 20 minutes long. Like they're a little shorter, even even though the articles are long. It doesn't take as cool. long to have them read to you. Right on, yeah, James. So that's my that's my rec. Okay, guys. Well, that is our episode, and we love you so much. And thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod, and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at the Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.